0: You're tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. Let's hear what's happening in the life of our church. Welcome back to Revival Recap. I am here with Eddie Tate. And finally, you got to speak a message. How many times has it been in a row that you did not get to preach? The last 2 times in a row. Yeah, you were scheduled to speak, yeah. get to church, God shows up, yeah. and we just worship and do ministry. Yep. Yeah. for the whole entire service and you never got to speak. Yep. But this week you did. But <laughs> almost. you almost didn't <laughs> because during uh worship, just the presence of God was so strong. Yeah. yeah. You guys said you and Joaquin said you felt the anointing for um, yeah. miracles come into the room and you thought,
1: I'm probably not gonna get to speak again. Yeah, when he got up and started releasing just, you know, words of knowledge and healing. Yeah. And people started just things started going. People were getting healed left and right. Yeah. And then you could just feel the increase of like, oh, this is gonna keep going for yeah. a while. And I'm, you know, I'm fine with that. I I don't need to I don't need to preach about something that's manifesting in the yeah, room. It's like exactly. I'd rather have him there. Rather but it, it was funny. It. it was like, well all right, God, <laughs> but you did get to speak. Yep, we're did. gonna
0: we're gonna get to that in a minute. But I wanted to just talk over this um, testimony that was written in from Saturday night, from the I think it was from that time during worship yeah. when Joaquin was praying for people. Um, so one of the ladies in our church, her mom, she walked into the church with a cane and walked out without it right Mm -hmm. totally cane free Uh, she is gonna send us the entire testimony but we're gonna give you guys what we have so far Um, so long story short she had severe complications with her lungs due to being on a ventilator twice she had a limp due to surgeries to repair fractured pelvis broken hip and spinal fusion (sighs) frequent pain in her body and more but her breathing is no longer labored and shallow Her range of motion is better. She climbed three flights of stairs to her daughter's apartment and climbed them with ease. The pain in her body has reduced. Her creative miracle is still in process. She's continuing to be healed, but there's going to be more miracles to report. Another significant piece to this story is that um, her mom's a prophetic artist, but because of all her pain, because of all the stuff she's been through, she had to stop painting. She couldn't paint what God was giving her, the pictures. And um, But one of our painters, Genevieve, um, put a paintbrush in her hand, prayed for her, and we have a picture of mom is just Just holding the paintbrush on face down on the floor, absolutely wrecked. Um, But basically God's given her back her paintbrush and her ability to paint and freedom to paint. And so, um, but one other thing, she said her mom sat down at the end of the service after a wonder-filled night. She felt God smile and heard him say, how do you like me now? And all <laughs> she could do was laugh and smile back and thank God for answering her prayer in a way that only he could do. And that was just that's that's During just worship. one that's, of them. This too. is why yeah. you almost didn't get to preach because stuff like this was happening. And I'm okay with that, but yeah, God is
1: yeah. so good. He did that to multiple people throughout the service. Yeah. I'm, and we love we love it when people send those in because it gives us the the it gives us the idea to see yeah. and hear from the people themselves of this is what God did this yeah. night. So good.
0: I heard I just heard that um, you know, there's volunteers all over okay. at church that are serving from the parking lot to the greeters to the children to um, everywhere. Book table, all of it. Like mm-hmm. there's just people serving, working, volunteering. Well, apparently the the parking lot people were out in the parking lot, and before they're putting everything away, getting ready to come into church, and they took communion and started praying. And one of the guys is apparently just getting wrecked by God in the parking lot so one of the other team comes over can see something's going on comes over and they have this whole like powerful ministry time there's tears there's weeping there's there's prophetic there's all this stuff happening in the parking lot and it's like these guys almost didn't make it into church either I love it. because they're having revival in the parking lot because they decided to take communion while they're putting the cones, or whatever it is they're, you know, all the parts.
1: That's what it's about. It's about not thinking that, you know, church is happening off of a stage from a person speaking to you. Yeah. It's like, we do church everywhere we live, breathe, everything we do. And I love that the community is actually grabbing a hold of that for themselves. It's not about a man, a preacher, a leader. It's about God. Yeah. And I can encounter him anywhere, anytime. And it just, I love it. It's so good. All right. So
0: good. I know. I'm so pumped. I was reading a couple other ones like, oh, this is good. One was from a couple weeks back, so I'm not going to talk about it today, but it was also very, very good. Um, but you did get to preach. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about Eddie's message. <laughs> I really want you to unpack a couple of things. Okay. There, It felt to me like this was, you obviously have some buildup. Yeah. From not being able to speak. Okay. You, I was, at one point, I'm like, you're just pounding us over <laughs> and over with with this these thoughts from God. Um, but you talked about the verse of Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Uh, in lean in all your ways acknowledge him. He'll make your path straight. But right before that is you talked about um, leaning not on our own understanding. understanding. And so you talked about leaning is what you know, it's like leaning on the table. Um you want to make sure that what you're leaning against is not your own understanding right, right. but it's actually God's and yeah. um you here's what you said you said my understanding can limit me to expect the situation to be resolved in the way i want it to and i would add and the timing yeah, that yeah, i want it to so. um this is one of your life messages i know you and i've talked about yeah. this but the difference between expectations and expectancy. And mm-hmm. you didn't fully go there, but you said, if I lean on my own understanding, I'm limited to, basically to expectations. You're right. It's got to happen this way. At this time, it's almost like, it's it's not good. Uh, but trust doesn't have expectations. It has expectancy for him to show up when I ask. Yeah. Will you just unpack that a little bit more?
2: Yeah. Um,
1: it's really... It's that idea that when I take a hold of the responsibility or the expectation that things are going to happen the way I want them to or even have set up in my mind that God's going to do it a certain way. What I've done is I've made God, I've actually made God my servant in that situation by saying, God, this is what I'm requiring of you because I know who you are. So I require this of you. Which is really not the way we want to do it. And it's easy to fall into that trap. You know, I think all of us probably do. But I even gave the, you know, the analogy of a vending machine. It's like, oh, I have a need. God, I know you answer my needs. So here I'm gonna pray. Where's my need? Give yeah. me give me my need back. Um, trusting and leaning into him, but knowing that he's perfect and he's good and and having the expectancy that when I pray, something happens. I don't have to go past that thought. Yeah. I don't have to lean into when I pray this is going to happen in this way, it's yeah. when I pray something happens. Yeah, Because he's a good father and he loves me and he's always gonna do something. It may not look the way I want it to. And mm-hmm. I know in my life, thank God it hasn't. Exactly, there same have been, here. There have been times when I'm like, God, I know what I need from you. And, you know, I think he's up there going, <laughs> you have no clue, <laughs> you have no what, you clue. Know, what you need. You know, I make the joke sometimes that, you know, people say God comes in the 11th hour. I'm like, my God shows up at one thirty sometimes. I'm like, hey,
2: yeah.
1: I've been done and past my need. Yeah. You weren't there. Yeah. And then he shows up and I'm like, oh, if you'd have done it the way I expected, I'd be in the same place, not growing or moving forward. You actually provided an opportunity for me to see your plan instead of mine. So... And you talked about that. That's where trust is developed. Yeah. That's in the where mystery we, in the mystery.
0: Yep. In the I actually don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know when you're going to do this. I'm not
1: trying to figure that out. Yep. I'm trusting. Yep. I don't want to limit God to my thoughts. Yeah. I mean if if I can understand all of God and I actually get to where my even in my relationship with him. I don't want my relationship with him to be so static that I know everything about him because it's no longer a growing relationship. It's information that's just, it's learned and there's no growth and development in it. I want to have the mystery. I mean, in a marriage. Yeah. I I want to have those times when I want to constantly know my wife, my spouse. I want to constantly learn more about her. And God, I mean, think about the depth and width of who God is. I don't don't ever want to think that I've gotten to a place where I know everything about him. Because now he's limited to what I can think. Yeah. And that's not a good place. And
0: it's almost like... When you're in the place of I don't actually know you, you get to know him better. Oh, he he, he he reveals himself. And you talked about that, the humility and stuff like that. But before we get into that part, oh my goodness, you talked about our tongues, our words, our thoughts, and you said this one line. I know it's your favorite line in the whole message, and it was I think it was one of mine. Actually, mine. The next one is my favorite. But you said, and this goes off. Joaquin talked about this in his last message, mm-hmm. and then Renee spoke, but Joaquin's last message, he talked about, yeah, like, the keyboard and Facebook yeah. and social media and, and the life and death and the power of the tongue, that authority doesn't stop when you get on the keyboard. Like, it just because it's not coming out of our mouths doesn't mean it's not coming out here. And you've sort of, like, continued that thought a little bit about the way we think, the way we speak, and you said, if we are the temple of God, what sound is coming out of our
1: doorway <laughs> that's a good you one. know it's just we are the temple of God he's in us but the outflow of the mouth is what the hearts filled with yeah you know and it, we use the word mouth but like Joaquin said keep it's like whatever we're expressing in whatever way it is because we understand that language doesn't have to be just verbal. Yeah. Body language, there's all kinds of language. You know, Written language is actually, in this day and age, is probably more prominent than your voice. Yeah. Um, but what's totally. the sound coming out of you? If you're honestly carrying the presence of God inside of you, it should be that presence coming out of you. It should be a sweet sound. When you speak, it should bring glory to Him. It shouldn't bring conflict or contradictory thoughts or division. And, wow. you know, in this day and age, it feels like people are trying to have a voice that matches their circumstances and surrounding. It's like, well, society says this, so I'm going to lend my voice either to or against what society's saying. And that's not where we should be coming from. Our voice should not come laterally to these things. It should come from, from the that, heavenlies. That, yeah. Our voice should be that voice coming out and saying, you know... Joshua comes up in the angel and he's like, Who are you? Are you for us or for our enemy? No. Yeah. I stand in the army of the Lord. It's like, no. Yeah. He doesn't actually have a voice here. He speaks on behalf of God.
0: Yeah. This is good. So I've been noticing because we're doing these revival recaps, I'm really tracking along all the messages that we've been sharing, speaking and it's, it looks to me like from Joaquin, uh, probably Renee as well, but now you, it looks to me like in most places, many churches probably, um, the congregation comes and the pastor is saying, here's what God is saying about this, here's what God is doing about this, here's what God is saying about COVID, here's what God is saying about this mm-hmm. situation, that situation, here's what, and 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 the pastors are, kind of speaking into each scenario, situation, and it, it almost feels like we're not saying here's what God is saying. We're saying and I'm looking back at, at many sermons, instead of going, here's what God is saying to all these, it's almost like he, we we're wanting you to go to God yeah. for what he's saying. Yeah. What do you why do you like I think I know because I know. This our world and stuff like that and our mindsets, but why is it that we're saying, "Hey, church, go to God." Hey, church, to use Joaquin's language before, jump tracks. There's two tracks going on. Mm-hmm. Get off one. Get yeah. on the other. Hey, it seemed like Joaquin was on that theme for a little bit of like, get off the tracks that that you that the devil's tracks. Get on the the Lord's right. tracks. Steal, kill, destroy, but life and life more abundantly. And you're kind of aiming people at like, "Hey, get in the get in the word. Yep. Get in prayer. Yep. We're going to talk about prayer in a minute. Hey, what's coming out of your mouth? What are you speaking? Are you just speaking to this situations or are you speaking from here? Are you hearing God's voice or are you just reacting to this?" And and I I just look at I look at the whole context. I'm like, "Oh, we're doing something completely different than yeah. probably a lot of churches we're not just speaking directly at these things we're telling people you go to God you yeah. get in the so in the spot you get on the right track you get on his track you get in his thoughts you you get his voice you so why do you think that is what are you guys what are you doing when it comes to that yeah like
1: what's the reason for that you know and i i this message, of course, just with the amount of stuff that's stirring, I could have taken one point and probably unpacked a whole service on it. And I touched on it a little bit, that that analogy of God talking about getting into focus with the eye doctor. Mm-hmm. So many of us want someone to tell us what to say or think. And culturally, we've actually been programmed to learn from someone else instead of actually have our own our own development, internal development, and internal direct relationship. Um, I think we're really trying to equip the body, our direct family, that's who we have direct contact with, but honestly, just we. I wanna see the body of Christ have that relationship and perspective from the heavenlies to where they're not relying on anybody, that they are the source. And I really think that that's where we're going to is as a church, and I mean church, is in every believer. Yeah. I, I I still, and I've been saying this for months. I believe that we are on the cusp of the greatest revival we've ever experienced, but it's going to require people to have that that direct relationship and that perspective from heaven yeah. to actually invite that you know yeah. we've been invited into this process and it was that whole hey god's actually showing us one of two options yeah your involvement or non-involvement yeah he wants us involved but if i'm the one giving everybody the information and telling everybody what they should be thinking they're actually not involved they're following yeah every one of us is called to lead in our own sphere it's kind of like you
0: know shepherds don't actually feed sheep right <laughs> the shepherds lead sheep to where the grass is yep. and the sheep feed themselves yep that's right and that and you said the word equip and that's what I feel like is happening is, is watching the last few weeks couple months whatever it's been like it feels like there's this equipping happening of like, yeah. this isn't us just speaking into every situation, this is us equipping you to hear God in every situation, for every yes. situation, yes. to get equipped. And that's, I love that. No. I've just been noticing, and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna <laughs> ask Eddie today about this, because <laughs> I'm like, we're not, we're, it's different than what I yeah, see yeah. in other places. Yeah. Um, that's okay, so you want people, you're wanting people to have that relationship with God connection with God. You also said it's really important to have people yep. around us. Yep. So, and some people are so God told me this that they actually use their relationship with God to somehow eliminate people from their lives or isolate, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing two things which I can't wait for you to unpack this. <laughs> and I I love this kind of stuff. I was like, okay, we're equipping you to have your own relationship with God and you don't want your relationship with God to isolate you from the voices of other people and right. the
1: counsel of other people and having healthy people around your life. So will you yeah. speak into I, that? I like, think this is a. And it's funny because I think this goes into, and most of us know that you can find throughout scripture, there's always people look at it and they say, oh, well, it contradicts itself. It never contradicts itself, it actually completes itself. It's two sides to the same truth. Yeah. And it's perspective, it's situational, it doesn't matter, but it's the same thing here. You have to have people in your lives and you have to be open to that relational equity that God has actually put around you. You have to have voices in your life. Yeah. But they should never supersede God. Yeah. But they should also never eliminate that the, or God's voice should never eliminate those relationships either. So there's that there's that balance. And I sometimes don't even like the word balance Yeah. because balance seems like the wrong word. It's yeah. like there needs to be an understanding of both sides yeah. of that truth. And when we eliminate the voices in our lives, we've actually elevated ourselves up to not be able to grow with the people God's put in our lives. And it's a very unhealthy place because you can find yourself falling astray and those voices he's put in your life are actually there to kind of be that nudge back into alignment. Yeah. Um, but then the flip side is if we're only going to people and we yeah. haven't developed that intimacy or that relationship with God, we're actually using God to validate what people are saying instead of actually validating what he says with people. Come and on. that's a huge challenge for us as people is just... Is to not actually go to our resources here first. Yeah, it's like no, my first place is here yeah. to God. And now, I my friends, this. Seth, this is what I feel God's saying. No, I don't know about that. Okay. Now I've got to actually weigh that out, you know, my yeah. relationships with my friends, my relationships with my my pastor, my friends, my spouse. Yeah. I weigh those things out, but I don't go, hey, this is what I'm thinking, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Hey, this is what... Okay, can I find a verse that matches now what I've decided I believe? Right. I'm not gonna use him to validate myself. I'm gonna actually get from him and then validate, justify, or actually, you know, Find the truth with people that I trust in my life. Yeah. People that have a voice. And it's smart to have people in your in your life that you don't always agree with. Yes. You know? Because yes. those, you want people that are real. They're going to be truthful whether you like it or not or agree or not. Yeah. And to me, some of the best relationships I have are with people that I don't agree with. Yeah. But we love each other enough to continue relationship and we actually grow in that way.
2: Yeah.
0: I actually had a conversation not too long ago with someone that it seemed like they were working really hard to make sure they never actually hurt anyone Oh. and I I remember a friend told me years and years ago he said you know I don't actually want to hurt you but I will if you need it I will tell you if you're off I will tell you I will do surgery on you and like oh that's Thats what you're talking about yeah. is those kind of people like we're not looking for, to hurt people or get hurt by people, but we're looking for people who are willing to say, "Hey, I think no yeah. hey you're talking to God, yeah, and you need to talk to us and we'll help yeah. you and but you go there first, and but you also have people in your life.
1: and I are, think the key to that is that if, if, if I'm going to correct you or give you some sort of advice that I think you're off on, I have one of two things I'm trying to accomplish I'm either trying to be right or I'm trying to help you yeah. If my goal is to be right in the situation, you're I'm wrong. automatically lost. Yeah. My goal isn't to be right, my goal is to give you what I'm feeling, discerning, what I know, and then walk with you through the process of you deciding whether or not you're gonna take that. Yeah. It's more about being connected than being right. And Come we've on. talked about that in other aspects, yeah. but it's every relationship should have that. Correction should be about not being right, it should be about being close. So. Come on, this
0: is good. I like this through a little <laughs> curveball at you there. Um, <clears throat> Alright, so my favorite part of the message is when you talked about Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Mm. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Okay, I've never seen this, never thought this, but you dropped this. You said... Our land needs healing are you praying for the land to be healed or are you seeking his face yeah don't put the target of your prayers on the problem that's not where the solution is put the target of your prayers on the one who is the solution then the problem no longer matters and I, I mean I've read that verse a lot heard a lot of people preach on that verse I've never heard this I've I've and I've watched many, many people, like, they pray for God to heal the land, but God is not saying pray for me to heal the land. He's saying, I'll heal the land. Seek, Seek my, my face.
1: Uh, talk more <laughs> about that. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's that's two, two sides of the same truth, because we're called to intercede. We're called to pray for change. We're called to pray for our leaders. We're called to pray for all these things. Yeah. But very specifically, we're more directed, in everything we see throughout Scripture, we're directed to Him, not the problem. Yeah. And when you actually, if we're praying for our land to be healed, what we're doing is we're praying for the problem. If we're praying for our land to be blessed, that's a different heart posture. And I'm not praying for my land to be blessed because I see the healing and I'm, I'm, I'm not praying towards the lack. I'm praying towards the promise. Where does the promise come from? His face. Yeah, because he's the one that gives the promise so when I seek his face if all of my attention is towards him he has told us and this is one example but there's so many examples where he's told us come to me and I'll take care of everything that you need yeah and we have to look at these we have to look at scripture and not not try to just read the words that are on the page and think that that's it and you and I've talked about this but the depth of scripture, and you know, the same verse will speak over yeah. and over and over to different situations. Yeah. And I've read this before and actually yeah, right. preached messages on praying for the land, praying yeah. for things that you know, it's yeah. like it's a promise he gave us that he'll heal our land. So we're praying for that. It's like, oh man, that's not what he said. Yeah. What he said is humble yourself, which is huge. Yeah. People are challenged to actually pray. I I actually thought about that years back. It's like, wow. Prayer isn't difficult. Prayer is prideful. No. To, I mean, to not pray. To, not pray, to yeah. not pray is prideful. Yeah. So prayer is, I'm sorry, prayer is humility. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, it's not difficult. It's humbling myself. Yeah. Because prayer is and
2: that's that's all that's what it says. It's like right
1: if my people will humble themselves and pray. and pray and seek my face. So going to him first is actually one of the most disarming things to our pride that we can do. And it equips us to step into a place where that everything that we're actually thinking we need, because need is usually coming out of a place of recognizing lack. Yeah. So when we have our needs around us, whether it's personal, relational, financial, social, governmental, political, whatever it is, when we have our needs and we see our needs, we're actually seeing what we think needs to change. Well, the reality is is all we have to do is get closer to him seek his face get eye to eye with him and then all of a sudden those things don't carry the same weight because we realize oh you actually are in control anyways yeah and then all of a sudden and and i've said this before i i and I'm i'm really trying to figure this one out and this is a process i'm in but I honestly believe that sometimes when we look at our situations, the problem is, is that we look at the situation. Whereas if if I'm looking in his eyes, if you've ever looked in somebody's eyes, there's a reflection. Yeah. What if we're supposed to see all of our circumstances in the reflection of his eyes rather than directly? Yeah. That's an amazing thought. And it's like, if I'm looking in his eyes, all of a sudden I see all of the circumstances and situations through his eyes, which they no longer mean the same thing.
2: Yeah.
0: The things of Earth grow strangely oh. dim in the light of His glory yes, and grace. Come in the on. light of His wonderful face. Yep. And yeah, the, another side of that is I've had those times where um, seeing Jesus, actually like seeing who He is and how big He is, has helped me actually keep the problems in perspective. Yes. like. I mean I could tell story after story but I had this encounter with God where Jesus is like a thousand feet tall he's so tall his heads are in the cloud we're praying for a kid that's got seizures every day and I look at Jesus and I see how big he is and then he looks at this thing on the ground and I look down and it's an ant with the word seizure and for me it was I mean there's more, more to the story but all I'm trying to say is I was looking at the seizures I'm like help Lord oh help that's all I had the faith for was right. go, oh, help. I don't know what to do. Like, never even, never even seen this before. Look at Jesus, and all of a sudden, the problem gets put in its proper perspective. Yep. It, it's like, oh, you're really big. And that's not as big as I thought it was when I see it the way you see it, which is exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about. But that, that whole thing, it also gives us his faith. Yes. Instead of us we we actually receive the faith of God because we see the problems the way he does we see how big he is how powerful he is who he actually is we see him and we go whoa and then we see the problems through his eyes and we're like oh now i believe like you do
2: yeah
0: now i have your faith not just my faith my ideas my understanding i'm not leaning on my own understanding my ideas how i think this should be done i'm i'm whoa i see you yep. Now I believe the way you believe. Yeah.
1: It's, there's an impartation that
0: happens in this as
1: well. Yeah. What we focus faith. on grows. Yeah. And when we see him and he grows, it, it diminishes all other things. This is so good. Yeah.
0: Okay, one other thing we talked about a little bit ago before we started filming is a, lo- a lot of times people's relationship with God is just intercession and there's, it's almost um, removed intimacy. Right. Not that intercession is bad. Obviously, it's not bad. Obviously, it's important. Obviously, right. it matters. But right. in the context of this as well, if your relationship with God is based on intercession, you may push out intimacy. You may push out that mm-hmm. seeking His face. And so having that intimate time and watching what He does and then partnering with Him in intercession is a whole different deal. But I wanted to ask you
1: practically, how do we do that? I, and I think a lot of it is you know, we, we talk about making sure, especially in times like this, it becomes more evident that you need to have more of the input of God in your life, either through prayer, worship, soaking, reading the Word, whatever it is. It's easy in these times to say, we obviously need more of that. But I think there's also the aspect of when you're praying, make sure that you're praying in a thankful, exalting, like you're praying towards Him, admiring acknowledging worshiping and just saying this is who you are so thankful for who you are i'm not thankful for what you did i'm thankful for who you are i think if we can appropriately put more of our prayer life towards him for his goodness instead of towards a target of something we want fixed changed or even blessed you know there's nothing wrong with playing for blessing but if i'm praying for blessing I still have to manage in my heart. Am I praying because I see lack or am I praying because I see his goodness? If I keep my attention on his goodness, my prayers actually come out of the overflow yeah. of what I'm praying towards him instead of almost a vacuum like, hey, I need more yeah. of you to fix this thing yeah. or to take care of this situation. And I, I think really practically it's, and you know, intercession is. Is I think everyone's called to intercede, but then there are people that are truly intercessors. Yeah. And I've watched intercessors, and some of them are really healthy, and some of them really they they almost live a heavy life because what they've done mm-hmm. is they've put their prayers towards the target that they've taken the burden of those and put it on, and that's they're playing God opposite of what he says to yeah. do. So when we can appropriate our prayers towards him for his goodness, for his holiness for adoration and exaltation and all this, that actually keeps us healthy because the overflow of those prayers, they, they fall over on all the things that we thought we were supposed to be putting targets on.
0: Yeah. That's where partnership comes yep. in. Yep. yep. You're not leaning on your own understanding. Acknowledging uh, in all your ways, acknowledge him. him. He will make your path straight. Yes. He yes. will direct your path. Come on. Man, that's good. I love it. Anything else you want to say? Oh man, this this is going to be. You unpacked. got many more sermons. This than is you going to be unpacked, and even, we, yeah. I have, we haven't even <laughs> talked. There's more to the message, but we're just. Or
1: yeah, this is a this was this was a this was a full message for me, and I told you before we started recording, I I got rid of half my notes for this message because oh, yeah. I realized there's too there's too much, and I could have taken one topic and done a whole sermon on it. Yeah. So this is probably going to be an ongoing. I, I don't do series, but it's gonna be an ongoing kind of message it's going to coming out of me. Yeah. yeah. Just because there's so much in this right it now. It feels like this is a really important word for the season. Yeah. And, and we're in. And it's funny. I I made the comment, but it seems the reality. I, I don't preach as much as I process. I yeah, process I with the church because this on is what I've been doing for the last several months. And these are the revelations and the you know, the God's nudgment going, Hey, have you noticed that you're doing this? Oh man, okay. I need to change this. I need to course correct that conviction thing. It's like, oh, conviction is an invitation, not a condemnation. Come on. So I love it. Yeah,
0: it's gonna be good. Well, Eddie, (laughs) thank you for this message and and everything you said. Just super impactful. Thanks for equipping us. Not just telling us how to think, but equipping us to connect with God and get his thoughts. I really appreciate that. I know everybody out there does as well. So Guys, thanks for joining us on Revival Recap. We'll be back again next week yep. after uh, service on Saturday night. If you haven't joined us in person, you're welcome to. We have all the precautions in place. We have Kids Church going with all the precautions. We have Adult Service going with all the precautions. We even have equipped classes happening in person with all the precautions yeah. as well. So uh, follow us at Bethel ATX for all the information. BethelATX.com for all the information. Facebook, Instagram. Uh, YouTube, where you can find out everything that's going on. But in-person services are obviously back. They're back. They're obviously good. The <laughs> Lord is moving, and yeah. we'd love for you to join us whenever okay. you're ready. We love you guys, and thanks for watching or listening. God bless We'll you. see you soon.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. For more of
0: our podcasts and other resources, visit BethelATX.com.